him is great concave. You should see me spelunkin. Hello and welcome to Barely Topical, putting the fun into news. Hang on. Putting the funk into news. No. Putting the funk into uptown news. I'm Tim Frith and I'm joined today by Finley Green. Hello. And Rosie Nolan. Hello. Now, what was happening in the news this week? David Cameron has said he will only stand for a maximum of two terms as Prime Minister, comparing each to a shredded wheat. Too many can have laxative effects. He said his successors would be the Theresa Mays, the George Osbournes and the Boris Johnsons, yet further evidence he is seeing double. Senator and former Canadian Ted Cruz has announced his intention to run for President of the United States. The Senator renounced his Canadian citizenship in a bid to make himself more electable by the Anti-Immigration Caucus in the Republican Party. To reinforce his anti-Canada stance, he also came out against free healthcare and punched a moose. Four Sun journalists have been cleared after a trial on Friday morning. The spokesperson for The Sun appeared in silhouette, stating, We are pleased that this lunacy has passed and we can get back to the business of springing ahead for the new season, before disappearing behind a cloud. Former leader of the Lib Dems, Lord Ashdown, has criticised Alex Salmond's new book, commenting that it is the longest exercise in literary masturbation since politics began. The Dream Shall Never Die, A Hundred Days That Change Scotland Forever, is Salmond's epistolary account of the independence referendum campaign. Ashdown went on to say that his comments were not necessarily a bad thing. Scottish independence is a very sexy topic, and Alex Salmond is a very sexy man. He added that he had a jolly good wank over the bit about the debates. The remains of Richard III were returned to Leicester Cathedral on Sunday ahead of his reburial on Thursday. Protesters and fans of the War of the Roses are angry at his being reinterred in Leicester, not York, calling the ceremony a cheap jamboree, even going so far as to suggest that he gave battle in vain although fans of the rainbow are over the moon. So Cameron. Hmm, Cameron, yes. He's announced the three people he think are most likely to follow him up. What do you guys think of uh, his three nominations? If I were the Earth, I'd be like Boris Johnson. <laughs> Is Boris Johnson like the Earth? He's entirely like the Earth. In what way? In every single way. Name one. He is there, as the Earth is. Right, okay. If you want, you can stand on him. I do, I definitely want to. (laughs) He's affected by things, as the Earth is. I mean, so far, I think it's Uh, rock solid. No, you're right. Just just like Boris Johnson, (laughs) rock solid. Sorry, did I mean the Earth? I'm not sure. They're the same. Doesn't matter. What powers do the other Tory leaders have? Theresa May has the power of flight. But really? only five foot above the floor. Oh, just five foot, so she just sort of hovers there. But she still has to flap. Oh, that does make sense, actually. She does flap a lot. She doesn't use her power very often. I guess it's more obvious than Boris Johnson's being the Earth. He sort of he covers that up behind his cartoony, clownish demeanour. He's got such girth that you can't actually see that behind all of that, he is the Earth. Whereas <laughs> Theresa May, if she just started flapping and took off and went into the air five, five foot... People then... might just think she's grown. Or she's standing upon something. She's grown and lost her legs. <laughs> Not necessarily. I didn't say she was horizontal. Oh, wow, you've grown and lost her legs. <laughs> what, 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 how would, legs who would have thought her legs disappeared? Well, because she's, she's flown up five feet, so there's a gap between her and the it's, floor. But she's obviously she's still, still got, got her legs. legs. 
The five foot starts from her well, feet. First impressions, it might look. She's like not horizontal. She's, she's still vertical. Growing. She's still a like, vertical woman. Like all women. <laughs> she's an exclusively <laughs> vertical woman. Have you ever seen her lie down? I don't think she sleeps. I think she could still sleep like a horse, just buckle her knees. Does she ever sleep in the sky, just hovering there, flapping her arms? Sure, she could if she wanted. <laughs> Buckle her elbows. Just sort of flapping them, just <laughs> from her shoulder to her shoulder. elbow. Keeps yeah. herself stable. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we've covered Boris and we've covered Theresa May. It's what just about, George. What about George? He's slightly stronger than the average man. He's slightly stronger than the average Tory. See, I think both of those would be That's pretty good. That's the budget. <laughs> Oh, he's the only one who he's can got, lift the budget because he's got, he's got enough money. He's got all of the budget in there in pound coins. <laughs> and <laughs> being slightly lipstick. stronger than being the average slim. man, he can hold that. Whereas the average man can only hold maybe seven-eighths of the budget. That's so, yeah. you get elected to Chancellor of the Exchequer. I mean, you, you do get elected into you, which, that role. Which you do get elected into. And so part of the election criteria is that you can actually lift the entire GDP of the UK that's why Dwayne the Rock just, Johnson just was the, the previous Chancellor of the Exchequer. He's the next strongest man. <laughs> After George Osborne, it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yep. He eats malt loaf, that's how. He only eats malt loaf. Does that make you stronger? I don't know, it makes him stronger. <laughs> <laughs> how much malt loaf have you eaten, Finley? Not very much. That's uh, why you're so weak. That's why I'm weak. We also don't know if it'll affect you like it does George Osborne. No. Did he try every food until he got stronger? No, he just stumbled upon it. He literally stumbled upon some malt loaf. Well, he was just walking it. down the street when he saw some malt loaf on the floor. And he just ate that malt loaf. And then he got really strong. This was when he was about 12. And that was why he stopped calling himself Gideon. So part of his transformation was also to change his name. It's like a digivolution. He went from Gideon to George. One day, one day he'll not eat enough malt loaf to keep his energy levels up, and then he'll revert to Gideon. <laughs> will he physically change, or will he just not be able to hold the budget anymore? Well, I mean, that's what happened when he was twelve, and he digivolved. He did. Into he a did grown indeed man. suddenly become a fully grown man. <laughs> that's why he's wearing such a small suit. <laughs> Wait, so he's preparing to the fact that he's stopped eating malt loaf? Yeah, yeah. He's, he wants to be a child again. So does he not want to be the next leader of the Conservative Party? He's got to wait five years for that. He thinks he'll be more electable as a child. I think that might be true. <laughs> I mean, I'd vote for a child. Well, who wouldn't? That's why David Cameron had to become Prime Minister. He couldn't lift the budget. But he could lift the nation's spirits. Yeah, but that doesn't weigh very much. No. Wasn't that some enlightening discussion that we had there? Hmm, yes. And um, we've actually got some letters that have come in this week. Anyone like to read one out? Yeah, no, we've got one here, and it's... uh, Dear Barely Topical, if that is your real name. I would like to express my outrage at your American pronunciation of fracas during your extensive coverage of Jeremy Clarkson. I was outraged. It completely ruined my immersion in what was otherwise a fun-filled 15 minutes with the gang. I don't want to cause a rakar, but when I heard this bastardization of the English language, I was so shocked that I dropped my marakar, interrupting my UCAR application. I truly hope Clarkson returns to his post. I cannot wait to see more stars in reasonably priced Cass. Yours, Sharon Cormer. Thank you very much, Sharon, and uh, we very much apologise for that terrible, terrible error. I blame Joe. Do you have a letter, Finlay? I do, actually. Really? Um, oh. It reads as follows. 
Dear Barely Topical, I absolutely loved your first episode, and I've decided that I am, in fact, your biggest fan. You should know that I plan on taking the role very seriously and wish to fulfil it to the best of my abilities. As such, you will find attached an erotic drawing of Joe and Matt. You will no doubt notice the striking likeness that I've captured, or at least what their likenesses sound like. I am particularly pleased with how Joe's thighs have turned out. I greatly look forward to pursuing this burgeoning relationship, and I cannot wait for us all to experience the gradual growth of my tender love for you until it passes the point of obsession and will result in my inevitable restraining order. I did not care for Tim. All the best, Vincent Statins. Well, we thought it was a lovely drawing, and we've pinned it up on the fridge where everyone can see it. It is incredibly uncanny. That thigh. Um, Though I'm a little bit offended, so... You, Vincent Statins. If you could Photoshop Tim into your next drawing, we'd be very grateful. Anyway, I think we've got time for one last letter today. Would you uh, like to read this one for us, Rosie? I'd love to. Super. Dear Barely Topical, I notice a fair portion of your first episode was dedicated to a certain Professor Kenton Lafferty. I could not help but think you were very subtly mocking his slightly amusing name. My name is Lenton Shuffleduck and have been mercilessly teased for my name for the last seven decades. I cannot leave the house without the local children laughing at me and throwing fresh fruit at me. The fruit has my name written on it in pen. Every single banana, orange and passion fruit that hits me is another insult to my name and my family. Due to my inconsolable shame, I did not bring any children into this world for the fear they would be subject to the same treatment. As a consequence of this incredible prejudice, I have not left the house for the last 30 years of my professional life. I have to work from home for far less than I used to earn, meaning that I have had to keep working for well beyond the retirement age. My lonely existence is often brightened by short-lived student podcast projects. Not this time. Your first episode has left me at a point of existential despair, which I am no longer able to resolve. I now welcome death's embrace as I imagine one may welcome a loved one's embrace. I wouldn't know. Yours, Lenton Shuffleduck. P.S. I like Tim's bit. Well, we're glad you like Tim's bit, Lenton, and we're glad you like to listen to us. We'll send you a recording full of only Tim in the near future. And we'll write nice things about your name in pen on fruit. Well, thank you very much to everyone who contacted us. Uh, if you would like to get in touch yourself, then you can find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, email barelytopical at gmail.com, or visit our website, barelytopical.wordpress.com. Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye! Bye! We're leaving now. Barely Topical was written by Joe Bohoslavic, Tim Frith, Rosie Nolan, and Tom Reese Williams. The music, Vivacity, and Mining by Moonlight was by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. The show was produced by UCLU Comedy Club.